Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 20 months. 20 months. That's how long this COVID-19 epidemic has been so far. 20 months. By contrast, I've only been a pastor for 27 months. So how has the COVID-19 epidemic impacted attendance at this church? It has been over 20 months since we have had what for us is full church attendance. 20 months. Were you anxious to get back to church when physical services resumed one of those times? Were you chomping at the bit? Or are you afraid to return to church? Maybe you've decided that participating in online services is good enough for you. After all, why get dressed? I can sit on my couch, have my PJs and my coffee, and enjoy the whole church service from my home. This epidemic has raised some very serious questions. What's the difference if we're gathered at church in a building? Why do we have to go to church? And as this plague progresses, a serious controversy has arisen among Christians throughout North America and among Christians in this congregation. Some are chomping at the bit to see these pews filled again. And so some of them are advocating a policy that goes like this. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the vaccine passport given to us by the provincial government, wait a second, that's not what the text said, did it? That's not what our reading says. So what is it that qualifies us to come to church, to approach God? Do you, have to be a church, uh, do you have to come to church to be a Christian? To answer this, we're looking at the assigned epistle reading from Hebrews. First, how did the Old Testament people of God approach God? Well, God dwelt in the temple or in the tabernacle, and access to God was limited. It was limited to the priests. Every priest, uh, in the performance of their duties in the temple, had to stand. He stood daily. He stood at the altar of burnt offerings. He entered the sanctuary and stood at the altar of incense. And he stood at the menorah. And he stood at the table of the bread of the presence. And then, when the high priest entered once a year behind the curtain, he would stand at the Ark of the Covenant and sprinkle it with blood or offer incense. The priests stood, and standing did not 
simply mean that they were showing respect. They stood because the job was never finished. The sacrifices were repeated daily and they were repeated yearly because they never quite did the trick. They could never take away sins. Now, instead of priests offering daily sacrifices, we have Jesus. Christ voluntarily offered himself as our sacrifice. He did so only once, one time. Other priests stand, but Jesus sits. Other priests stand because they have to offer the same sacrifices daily, again and again. It's never done. Jesus is seated. He's no longer at work. His sacrifice is no longer being offered. It's done. This is not a daily sacrifice. This is a once and done sacrifice. His work is finished, complete, perfect. That's what he said to Telestai. It is finished, he said. This is a once and done sacrifice. He's taken the seat. It means the work is over. He does not need to die over and over again like a sacrifice in the temple. Now, how does that qualify you to approach God? It means that your sins are forgiven. You have the entire pardon of all your crimes. And there is an absolute unconditional cancellation of all your debts to God. The cross, the cross, brothers and sisters, has destroyed all of the barriers that come between you and God. And when you look for assurance that you have been truly forgiven, we don't look and we shouldn't look at, at ourselves or anything we do. We look back to that one event, that Friday afternoon outside of Jerusalem. Once your sins have been forgiven, no one has the right to demand that you need to do something extra to earn your salvation. You need to do another sacrifice. And no one can erect a barrier between you and God any longer. Your sins have been absolutely removed. And they are remembered no more. So, if Christ's work is completed in the past, why do we need to come to church in the present? I want you to see what our text says. I want you to see that the reading says that we approach God through the flesh and blood of Jesus. It says that we can approach with a fully assured faith because we have been washed with holy water. It says that we should not neglect meeting together. This text is about worshiping God, but it's not just about private or private prayer or worship, though private prayers and worship are extremely important. This is about corporate worship as well. You 
can draw near to God here and now in the divine service. You, brothers and sisters, you have a freedom that not even the high priests had. Without ever leaving this church, you have access to heaven on earth so that you will be forgiven and live holy lives. In the divine service, God himself comes to us externally through means. That's why we call it the Gottesdienst in German. The divine service. God comes and serves us. God is active. We are passive. God is the giver, and we are gathered together to receive from Him. You see, Jesus died on the cross to secure your access to God, and that forgiveness, life, and salvation needs to be delivered to you. The benefits of the sacrifice are given to us through word and sacrament alone. They're provided for you in the divine service every Sunday. And we are well qualified to have access to God, to come to the divine service, because we have been washed with the water in holy baptism. And our text says, let us draw near with a true heart. Hey, I recognize that phrase, don't you? We said it the last two weeks. We didn't say it this week. I should have, should have done setting three this week. But in setting three, TLH page 15, what do we say? Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Before approaching God, before approaching the, the presence of Jesus on that altar, we confess our sins to God. And receive his forgiveness. And guess what? That's exactly what the divine service is intended for. Delivering to you the forgiveness of your sins. Why should you come to church? Because here is where your sins are forgiven. God come, communicates to us through words. Through using human language that we're, we're able to understand. He uses physical elements and his word to connect promises to those elements. And he, then they, those promises get delivered to us. When you read your Bible, it's God's voice you hear. When there is faithful preaching, it is God who speaks through the voice of the pastor. And when you receive the sacrament of the altar, the Lord's Supper, you hear God's promise given and shed for you. And faith clings to that. And in fact, we believe that Jesus' own body and blood are present on that altar with the bread and the wine. Why is it that I bow up there? Jesus is here. God's here. And you're going to stay standing? God comes among us, brothers and sisters. Himself. Whenever Jesus is proclaimed for you as crucified and risen, for your salvation, whenever the Lord's Supper is offered and given to you, God himself is present. It's literally heaven on earth. 
You don't have to wait until you go up to heaven. Or you don't have to wait until you die to go up to heaven. You don't have to struggle and strain to have some sort of mystical spiritual experience. No, God comes down here. God comes to us through the Word and through the sacraments. The point is clear. Church is where God Himself comes among us. It's heaven on earth. The divine services service is where we hear about repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Jesus name. It is where Jesus himself is present with the bread and the wine. It's where we confess our sins and receive absolution. So it is vitally important that you the church. There is absolutely no such thing as a Christian apart from the church. You cannot have God as your father if you do not have the church as your mother, said one Christian. You have to come to church every Sunday if you're able. Every Sunday. Not just once a month, not twice a month, not just when it's convenient and it doesn't interfere with your other plans. No, every Sunday, every Lord's Day, and the other services, and Bible class, and occasions. This is not me. This is what our text says. Do not neglect meeting together as some have the custom. Now, that's hard, I understand, with the current restrictions. We can't do it quite yet. But I think the point of the text is clear. This is how and where and when we encourage one another. This is how and where and when we get to know one another and talk to one another and find out how we can provoke one another to love and good works. Notice the text says we're supposed to provoke one another to love and good works, not to anger and frustration and whatever else. We're to provoke one another to love. See, here at church, we find out who's hurting and, and how we can help. We, even our physical presence in the pew is encouraging. We see our brothers and sisters with us, and it's encouraging. We hear the voices confessing the faith together with us in the creed or singing with joy and praise with the hymns of the church. And it's encouraging, friends. We meet together. We need to do that. It, it's, and we need to make it a habit to encourage one another and strengthen one another in the faith and provoke one another to do good works. A vaccine passport adds a barrier between parishioners and God. A, back, a vaccine passport adds barriers between parishioners and parishioners. No, you can't draw near with a true heart. I'm going to encourage you to neglect meeting together. That's wrong. That's satanic. And this church will not stand for it because it divides the church and it shows partiality to one group over another. And that's incredibly selfish. Our text says every barrier between you and God is cut down because of the cross of Jesus Christ. We dare not add any other barriers. Now, there are times when someone might be sick. 
or contagious. They opt to stay away of their own accord for the love of their neighbor's bodily well-being. And I can bring the divine service to them, and we pray for them. Of course. And all of the safety measures we have in place are to protect each other and to honor our neighbor's bodily well-being. But there is absolutely no godly reason for excluding a fully healthy person from the public gatherings of the church just because they don't have a vaccine. It's not about you. Turn your eyes away from yourself and look at the person next to you and in front of you and behind you and the person not here. This text reminds us that our presence here together is to encourage one another to love and to good works. And so I encourage you, if you're not vaccinated for the love of God, get vaccinated so that we can end this stupid thing and I can have a full church again. Absolutely. I'm encouraging you to do good work, to love God and love your neighbor as yourself for the bodily well-being of your neighbor. But I will not exclude anybody from this altar for a man-made reason that is not in the Bible. If you disagree with me, show me from the Bible. Our text calls us to hold fast. Let us hold fast to our confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. We're banking on a promise, you guys. You and I, we're banking on a promise. By the sheer mercy and grace of God, we're trusting that when this life is over, when the, the, the last day finally comes, that we are going to be numbered among those who rise to eternal life. We believe that. Not because we're good or religious or holy or pious or even Lutheran. What qualifies us? It's certainly not a vaccine. Jesus shed blood. It's his flesh given unto death for us. It's holy baptism where our hearts are, were sprinkled and washed clean with pure water. If you have faith in Jesus shed blood, if you are holding fast to the confession of our hope, that gains you access to this service. That gains you access to that altar. And that gets you access directly to the throne of God. Nothing else gives you access to God but the shed blood of Jesus Christ. May that peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.